very reassuring when um, preparing to speak on a Sunday morning when other people get up and you kind of get the impression that they've nicked your sermon. But uh, praise God, because if anything, it's a testimony to his goodness. Father, please speak to us through the reading of your word, through the inclination, Lord, of our hearts. Would you speak? Amen. Amen. So I titled this morning, quite simply, The Power of Testimony. We're in the midst of a series at the moment of examining some of the wisdom literature of the Bible. And believe you me, there's a lot of it. Typically the books of Job, Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Songs, and there are others too. I want to begin by asking you a question. Okay, you don't have to answer this, just think about it. When was the last time you shared your testimony? And when I say that, I mean the story, your story of when and how you became a follower of Jesus Christ. I can see some of you getting nervous now. Sweaty palms, bit of sweat during the old forehead. Mm. I grew up in an evangelical church and um, your testimony was something that you treasured. It was something that you kind of honed. You kind of kept it like a revolver. And at the right moment, you could just whip it out and shoot down the opposition. It was something that you prepared and that you always had ready. I was always slightly envious of people who had amazing testimonies, you know. I was, well, you know, I was into to, to drugs and rock and roll and a wild lifestyle. And I think, yeah, me too. Once got caught cycling my BMX down a one-way street. Smoked a couple of Benson and Hedges behind the bike sheds. Um, and of course, I'm being slightly uh, frivolous. The power of testimony is so much more. I want to look this morning at Psalm 119. Graham said to me at the beginning of this series, he said, he said, take the Psalms. And then he redefined it. He said, well, pick a Psalm. So I thought, right. I just so happened to be reading Psalm 119 at the time. Longest Psalm in the Bible. I can see you're getting nervous again. Don't worry, all will become clear. But last week, Graham alluded to a scene out of the film, Raiders of the Lost Ark. And in that scene, there's a picture of the Ark of the Covenant, which had been discovered and packed into a wooden crate. And the wooden crate was going into a warehouse, a warehouse that was absolutely full of all sorts of sized wooden crates. The implication being, if I was remembering correctly, Graham, that that warehouse is like God's storehouse for us. And we have to go digging to find out those things that God has hidden, not from us, but for us. In Exodus chapter 25, verse 16, God gave Moses some very specific instructions as to how the Ark of the Covenant was to be constructed. 
He laid out its sizes. He laid out all the materials that were to be used. He laid out how it was to be covered in gold. And specifically, he gave instructions as to how there was to be a lid on the top of the ark made from pure gold. And on the top of that pure gold lid would be two cherubim, two angelic beings cast into the gold. Their wingtips would be touching And the presence, the visible presence of God would reside between those wingtips. The Shekinah glory, the Shekinah, the very visible presence of Almighty God in the midst of the nation. No wonder the other nations around them at the time were scared. When they saw the Ark of the Covenant going out before the people, right out in front, there was God's presence in the midst of them. There have been some numbers that are put together in terms of the value of the Ark of the Covenant. It's very hard to quantify, but just in raw materials alone, it is well into the billions. That's thousands of millions, just in material alone. That doesn't take into account any of the workmanship that was then used to create those shapes. It was priceless absolutely priceless. Hundreds of years later, when King David rocks up on the scene, you know David who kills Goliath? He has a son called Solomon, and Solomon takes it upon himself to build a temple where God's presence would reside amongst the people, amongst the nation. It was to be a place where God dwelt in their midst. And again, the temple, the money involved, Just the sheer value is beyond beyond comprehension. I was trying to find out some specifics on on it yesterday. It's reckoned, again, just in material, just in gold and silver. It's about 180 billion in today's money. That's not including precious stones, rubies, sapphires, and all the rest of it. It's a colossal amount. One of the things, just to backtrack slightly, Just one of the things I want you to realize. As I was reading about the Ark of the Covenant and thinking about the picture that Graham shared with us last week, God said something to Moses that really stuck in my mind, and it's been in there for a while now. God says to Moses, after he's given him all these instructions, and he also says it to Solomon in effect, once you've done all these things, you are to put, into the Ark of the Covenant. You are to put into this temple the testimony that I shall give you. In other words, Moses and Solomon didn't get to choose the testimony that they put inside these places, inside the Ark of the Covenant or inside the testimony. They didn't necessarily get to choose. God did the choosing You jump forward into the New Testament and the Apostle Paul hammers this point. In Acts 7 verse 48, when he's he's talking to the early church, he says, However, the Most High God does not dwell in temples built by hand. And again in 1 Corinthians 3 verse 16, he says, Do you not know, do you not know, church, that you... You are the temple of God, and the Spirit of God, if you will let him, will dwell in you. 
In other words, God places so much value upon you as a person, so much worth upon on you as a person. It outstrips the value of the temple. It outstrips the value of the covenant. And God says, I delight in putting my testimony within you. Someone in the house say amen. I put my testimony in you. You jump into Psalm 119. Psalm 119, I've been in this passage for this chapter for a couple of months. It is quite simply beyond, it's beyond beautiful. It's poetic, it's prophetic, it's wisdom, absolute personified. It is conveniently, for your delectation, split into 22 convenient little chunks or stanzas. It's an acrostic. It basically takes all 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet and each letter precedes each stanza. Your homework for this week is to read Psalm 119. It's three stanzas per day, roughly. It's easy. Take you five, maybe ten minutes at the most. And I guarantee that if you ask God to speak, to speak into your situations before you do it, I guarantee he will. You might not get the testimony that you wanted, but trust me, God delights to do it. It's rather a long passage. It's 176 verses. We don't have time to do it all this morning. But I want to focus on wisdom. I want to focus particularly on the power of testimony. Blessed are the undefiled in the way who walk in the law of the Lord. Blessed are those who keep his testimonies, who seek him with the whole heart, with their whole heart. Let me tell you, testimony is the revelation of God's goodness and God's character. We tend, we tend because of our advantageous point in, in biblical history, to think of testimony as our story, as those accounts of God's intervening in our lifestyle and our circumstances, which of course it is. When you read it in the Old Testament, they couldn't appreciate all the good things of, fully, the good things of God, because Jesus hadn't turned up on the scene at that moment. So in the Old Testament, many of the times when it talks about testimony, it's wrapped up inside God's law, God's commandments. But the same is true of both. God's law is testimony, and our stories are testimony, because the one, in effect, reflects the other. And in this psalm, Psalm 119, in these 22 stanzas, pretty much in every one, God's testimony is mentioned. My favorite, my favorite one is verse 111. Your testimonies, O Lord, I have taken as a heritage forever. They are the rejoicing of my heart. Those good things that God has done and is doing in my life, they're merely the hors d'oeuvre to the main course that's going to follow. They're merely a stepping stone to the greater things that God would seek to accomplish through a cracked pot like me and you. 
So testimony, it's the revelation of God's goodness and character. And wow, I'm almost out of time, so I'd better hurry up here. I took Psalm 119. I did something really fun. Remember Graham was talking last week about how, you know, we have to dig sometimes to find those things that God hides for us. I took Psalm 119. I got all the verses that mentioned testimony, and I stuck them all together. I was just intrigued to see what would happen. The results absolutely blew me away. I came into the kitchen yesterday afternoon as I was preparing. I said, hey, Patsy, just listen to this. This is my testimony. This is my story. Are you sitting comfortably? Blessed are those who keep your testimonies, who seek you with their whole heart, I have rejoiced in the way of your testimonies, O Lord, as much as in riches. So, Lord, please, remove from me reproach and contempt. For your testimonies testimonies have have kept me. They have been to me my delight and my counsellors. When I've clung to your testimonies, O Lord, you have not put me to shame. Incline my heart, Lord, to your testimonies and not to covetousness. Let me speak, Lord, of your testimonies before kings. I will not be ashamed. When I thought about my ways and I turned my whole being toward your testimonies and those who feared you turned with me for they knew your testimonies also. Revive me according to your loving kindness so that I may keep the testimony of your mouth even when the wicked lie in wait to destroy me. Even then, Lord, I will consider your testimonies for they've given me understanding more than all my teachers. They are my meditation and I have taken them as an inheritance forever. They are the rejoicing of my heart. Therefore, I love them and ask that you give me understanding that I may know just how wonderful they really are. They are righteousness. They are faithful. My soul would delight in them. Their righteousness is everlasting. Grant me understanding thereof and I will live. When I cry out to you, save me by your testimony, for I have known of old that you have founded them forever. For my soul will keep your testimony and love them exceedingly, for my ways are always before you. Praise God. Praise God. The condensed Psalm 119 testimony. One thing it's taught me. Testimonies simply do not lose their power. They don't wither like the grass. They don't fade like flowers. Even though we might get tired sometimes of telling them, they just do not lose their effectiveness. So my message this morning is simple. My time is done. My question to you in closing is this. What testimonies, what things has God already spoken into your life? I appreciate I'm speaking probably to the majority of people here who already know Jesus. If you don't know Jesus, then probably now is a good time to do something about it. What testimony, what has God already spoken into your life? Because God wants to build an everlasting heritage upon it. Really, I, I, I know I'm not much to look at, but I know I'm living proof of it. I'm a work in progress. And so we're going to pray. We're going to ask the Holy Spirit to speak. If you would like prayer, please don't be shy to come forward to speak to me, to come and speak to any other leadership team. 
and we'll take it from there. But may God bless you. You're amazing. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we want to thank you that your testimonies are yes and amen. You are not slack concerning your promises. Your word does not wither and die or wilt. It does not lose its power. Lord, you delight in putting that. You entrust it into us so that in effect your story becomes our story. So that all the writings of the law can be fulfilled through Jesus, our Savior. Lord, would you speak right now to us? We would ask, Lord, that you highlight, that you speak to those areas in our lives where you have already prodded us. Because, Lord, there is greater things to come. We praise you and bless your holy name. Amen.